In three, two, one. Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by Betsperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. Andy, happy Monday. Um, what'd you think uh, of championship game weekend overall? I liked it. I enjoyed everything about it. It was good games. Um, this sucks. I tweeted something out about like how this week sucks because it's just like, oh, Brady's been to 10 Super Bowls and Patrick Mahomes is so young. And you get those same two tweets, same two stories for like two weeks straight. So very excited to do some um, some other stuff besides Chiefs and Patriots content, which we will get to on Wednesday. We're going to have a good one, I think. Uh, not and when I say good one, like I don't care if you like it or not. Like it's going to be good for me. <laughs> you know, like I, yeah. When We're I gonna, when yeah. I'm looking, yeah. When I'm looking forward to it, and I'll be entertained by it. That's what matters. But I think you'll like it either way. So Wednesday we'll do that. I don't know what we'll do Monday. Maybe talk about some of the other markets that are opening on the Super Bowl. Maybe do a a Super Bowl props contest for you all. Ooh, great. absolutely going to do that. And then um, you know Wednesday. We'll have the the ultimate. I don't know. Who the, we don't even know who the ultimate guest is, but we've been doing guests on Wednesdays. We'll do one for sure next week and uh, talk Super Bowl. Finally, get into it. Dig into the number that's been shaped already. Probably not. Gonna, this is what happens every year. There's a little hammering at the beginning, and then it usually sits pretty still. I think uh, Patriots Rams just kind of hung out there. I remember Patriots Falcons just wouldn't move. Chiefs. What was Chiefs' uh, opener last year? It was a little under three, I think. Yeah, I think it just it just kind of hung. It's been a while since we saw a big one. I kind of want to see some some wild card catch some catch some magic get through, and we can have a a you know a seven point Super Bowl again. Or Christ, there was a Niners Niners Chargers, I think. Whatever it was about nineteen ninety five, that was like a two a two touchdown line. So, I think those days might be behind us based on how the league works. But yeah, it's uh, I don't know how much moving this line is going to do. So we'll just kind of talk about our how we thought about the weekend. And I didn't I didn't really bet the game yet. So yeah, last year it bounced around between one and a half and one for the entire two week cycle. Juice changed. There was push pull tugging back and forth but um <clears throat> never really any momentum one way or the other which is pretty typical the under got uh, bet late last year it originally went up from 52 to 54 hung in the 54 54 and a half range for the duration of the two-week cycle and then day of plummeted back down to 53 uh, with a couple of big moves on the game day um well, you know what? Yeah, because I did bet Chiefs because I had some stupid free bet that I bet like on in week three or something, and it was NFC plus two and a half. So I was sitting there with Niners plus two and a half, not wanting it, even though it was a better number, and ended up coming back on the Chiefs over the top, and just because the free bet was a free bet, I didn't care. Yeah, 
That sounds fair. Um, you want to reflect a little on uh, the weekend that was before getting into early thoughts on this market and any just your gut reaction to uh, the openers? You want to do a little reflection first? Yeah, reflection. Um, I think the the Lafleur decision is going to be the one that gets beaten to the ground. And we kind of get to forget all about Tom Brady throwing some pretty errant passes. I well, think let's the, go. Let's let's cover it from beginning to end. Um, yeah, the hot start we predicted not so hot for Green Bay. Yeah, I guess what the what happened there? They lost the coin just, toss. Uh, they lost or, the coin toss. Yeah, you know, we ball, ball first. Ball in. first. Bruce um, took the ball, and rather than, um, it, and honestly, as expected as planned Tampa Bay's early game plan from an offensive standpoint was pretty unimpressive uh, a lot of running on downs one and two and they put third and long in Brady's hands several times in the opening few drives he was just up for the challenge and picked apart a Green Bay defense that looked surprisingly soft in the past defense um, Green Bay's number one criticism, if you're going to criticize their defense, is sort of the way that they put personnel on the field. They play lighter. And they do so ostensibly so that they can have superlative pass coverage for those exact type of third and longs. But they really underperformed, like big time. Yeah. Like the, the CB2, like CB3, CB4 out there on the field. Yeah. Like you're, you've got those guys out there because you want to, in, you know, you're, you're, you're giving up, we'll give up what we give up in the run game. That's fine. But, you know, we, we want to be able to stop you on the obvious passing downs. But they didn't do their jobs. There was no pass rush didn't get home. We didn't expect the pass rush really to get home because Tampa Bay's offensive line is out of this world good. But it's still, it was a disappointing performance out of the gate from the Green Bay secondary, I would say. And Tom Brady made the correct reads and the precision passes to move the ball with ease and get those first couple touchdowns, put a little bit of scoreboard pressure on Green Bay, which in one case they answered. In the other case, they get that field goal after the long drive. It's like, what, eight-minute eight minute drive that ended in the field goal after the three? Me? At the hiccups? Uh, yeah. Um, a little bit of lunch. No. So the, and the point the point you hammered on there, and maybe not hammered on, but the point you made that I think should be hammered on is they're they're bad against the run by choice. Yeah, and that's something that maybe maybe does get glossed over. They they choose to put that personnel grouping on the field. Everyone's like, yeah, they can be run on. Yeah, they're fine with getting run on. But the point of you know letting another team do that, putting that personnel up, putting that type of defense out, letting them run is hopefully those those plays are unsuccessful as far as how you want to grade successful first and second downs. And you end up in a third down where your coverage unit comes through, which is just not working. It didn't work. The, the fact that even when they weren't unsuccessful, or excuse me, even when Tampa Bay was less than successful on these first down runs, the second down plays, whatever they were, they were converting every third down. So like your whole game plan is to put them in third down, let coverage take over, and get the ball back. And it just if that doesn't work, you're dead. Not not completely dead because you have a great offense, but you put the combination of your game plan on defense just wasn't working. 
you weren't able to take advantage of your coverages. They were converting third downs and scoring. And then the offensive game plan just seemed to be lacking in not, not the whole game, but in key moments, whether it was the red zone, whether it was decision-making um, the, the, the possession right before the half comes to mind with, I get that they, you know, you had the two minute warning and you could run the ball there, but it just felt like, like, do you need to, why, like, why, why yeah. are you running the ball when you have, you have the MVP I granted, you know, some of those secondary receivers aren't studs, but I didn't understand some of the play calling in some of the key moments. So I think just the combination of, and, and you know, also part of the defense not working well, this, the you know, the personnel not matching up well on third downs. I mean, Tom Brady played well. And even with an, uh, Antonio Brown out, you have two, three, four really good receivers and, you know, they're, their backup receiving options are better than some of the guys you're putting out there starting at times. Yeah. Caught a touchdown. Everybody, Tyler Johnson probably should have had a a big catch. He had another catch later. I mean, those, everybody contributed and just, uh, it's that game. The game plan just went to shit in a hurry. Okay. So first quarter, I agreed. The story of the first quarter was Tampa Bay's offense efficiency at third downs, especially, was outrageous. Um, yes. And at the time, I'm thinking, okay, well, good on Tampa Bay, I guess. Like, that's not sustainable. Like, eventually, you're not going to make these third down conversions at some point. And Green Bay is, you know, they're going to roar back into this one and answer. But the two, you know, second quarter, I thought was a story of Green Bay's offense not quite making the most of their opportunities. The, um, the first, obviously, barely into the second quarter, they get that touchdown on the 50-yard bomb to Scantling. That was obviously a fine play. But the uh, the second possession they had in the second quarter, they ate up seven and a half minutes clock. They went 69 yeah. yards. And all they did, it, it. the whole drive was like kind of backwards in terms of plus EV offense. Do you know what I mean? Like they were, they were using the good running plays that, that you yeah. kind of want to have in your back pocket to put away a lead. They were using those down seven. And they get into the red zone or they give it inside, you know, they, they give goal to go and they do three straight pass attempts to Devonte Adams. And I get it. He's your best player. Passing game is dynamic. He's incredible in the red zone in general, but I was surprised that they didn't have a little bit more creativity and that they went to Adams in three straight pass attempts because it surely looked like Tampa Bay was selling out to stop Adams in those spots. Like yeah. if and everyone in the world should have had the first one, like that should have had the first one. Yeah, absolutely. Should have shouldn't have had a second down in that in that uh, you know red zone possession. Yeah, and yeah, and and granted, he catches that. Maybe the game plays out differently. It's fourteen fourteen instead of fourteen ten. Maybe the game plays out differently. Sure, but you're right. The last possession that they had right around the two minute warning showed no urgency at all. Um, no interest really in making anything out of that drive. They have a garbage pick that uh, gives Tampa Bay the ball back with what 40 seconds to go and that was a yeah Jesus. that was and and then this is the game changing play right into halftime one second left on the clock Brady 30 yard nine yard touchdown pass to Scotty Miller if they don't make that play if they don't connect on that touchdown they trot out the kicker to kick a 50 something yarder right 51 yeah. 52 yarder um so that was a huge, huge swing leverage-wise, and it gave the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 11-point lead heading into halftime. Um, from there, right out of the half, fumble. 
by Aaron Jones. Yeah. Was that the last time Aaron Jones put his hands on the ball all game? He did some tweeting and Instagramming after that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that I I don't I'm not sure he touched it. I couldn't say for sure, but yeah, the going in and let's you know best case best case let's say they even maybe missed the field goal, but going in even down seven just feels so much different than the deflating feeling and you know momentum's not real and whatever, but momentum momentum might not be real, but the scoreboard is and eleven is just so much different than four or seven, you know, a multi-score possession when you're driving and thinking, maybe, maybe we get the ball back here. We get this close. We take a lead, you know, there, there's a chance for all that. And then just the way it flipped there. And then obviously you had a big 20 minute break, but how it flipped there and then the fumble and then the touchdown, it just felt like you're going to need such a perfect performance from green Bay from here on out or some massive screw up by Tampa. And you got one of the two, but Green Bay again, just the 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 play calling, like you said, maybe first quarter, first half, the story was the third down efficiency, the defense letting them down on those third downs. But the second half was just the offensive inefficiency from Green Bay. Some of those drives just felt they felt done after first down. Like, oh, we're doing this again. Like, and they were, gonna, yeah. You've got a pick, and you're just going to punt this back. And sure enough, three plays later, it's yep. the punters out there again. Well, that was the fourth quarter, but yeah, no, and and yeah, the fumble by Jones was was tough because it set up a one play, eight yard touchdown. Tampa Bay is now up eighteen points, twenty eight ten, and at this point, it's like, okay, does Green Bay actually have the tools to make a comeback? And you know, kind of. I mean, they got did. Two they had two, yeah. yeah, they had two touchdown drives in the third quarter uh, to close the gap to twenty eight twenty three. Problem is, those touchdown drives use up a lot of clock. You know, they they really eight plays, seventy five yards, eat up four and a half minutes a clock. They get an interception off of Brady, then they have a thirteen play, sixty eight yard drive. They ate up seven and a half minutes a clock. So they basically just wiped out the clock, closed the gap a little, but not a lot of urgency. The drives didn't really feel, you know, they didn't they didn't have the life that you would have expected of a team that really was, you know, understood the the, the you know how. <laughs> how high leverage the situation was and yeah their defense came away with those two picks um oh man there were three straight interceptions by the Bucks. three straight interceptions three straight. But, and like like you said they scored on that first one but the next two it went pick three, three plays, plays minus, minus, five, minus yeah. five yards pick three plays zero yards then tampa took some time off the clock with that field goal drive and then we know what Green Bay did with their drive down eight. And okay, so what did you was, think? What did you think when there was uh, four and a half minutes left? Green Bay gets the ball and they're down eight. Um, you, we, we, you know, what did you have any skin in the game at this point other than our second half look on Tampa Bay plus seven? I had some Green Bay team total over, which died. Yeah. Okay. That wasn't. I mean, but I was. I was glad. It was kind of a no lose situation because the Tampa Bay second half, like, either it's coming through or, or the team totally gets there. I assumed, like, just especially based on the first few plays. Once that drive got moving, it's like, all right, we got. Uh, we're gonna have a two point conversion for all the cookies. Not all the cookies because it would have still given not only overtime, but it would have been enough time where Brady. You know, they they kicked that field goal with two minutes left. 
if you yeah. remember the you know the kickoff afterwards, which by the way maybe that screw up doesn't get mentioned. What was that guy doing sliding down with two o two on the clock? Like he essentially gave Green Bay a bonus timeout by sliding. That was a a baffling special teams blunder there. But they you know overtime wasn't guaranteed. You would have given Tom with uh, I'm not sure how many timeouts they had at that point one or two. You would have given them. Uh, you know, and the two-minute warning because at that point you would have probably just kneeled in the end zone or you know, ran out of bounds or however you do try to make sure you get the two-minute warning. Like the the odds of Brady getting a field goal drive on that defense was probably pretty high anyway. So and that's what some of the people who have argued to defend the field goal have said. Like either way, you have to rely on your defense to get some stops here. Like two two first downs is not the same as getting into field goal range. But the way they were moving, the way the special teams had been, some of the field position Tampa had gotten, it's like our two, you know, our two first downs and field goal range, not the same thing when they're starting at the 35 every time. So I, I was surprised, you know, I, I don't want to get too deep into this, this field goal decision because it's been hashed out over Twitter for a day and a half. But when I saw that drive, I was, I was fully ready for, Oh my overtime. God! Here's a, here's yeah. a very important two point conversion. Yeah, and the game could go into overtime. Well, and then it would have been yeah. Green Bay needs that was, to. Win that two was more. really kind of what I was curious if that was your opinion because I thought no, I, I was thinking two more coin, coin flips. Two, yeah, okay, two coin flips. I was thinking two more coin flips. It was essentially Green Bay has to win three coin flips. You have to get your two point conversion because I assumed they'd score a touchdown. It's four down territory of Rodgers, especially it. considering four, on that drive four straight passes for Rodgers and they yeah. moved. Effortlessly to the eight. Effort, no, effortlessly. Effortlessly. Effortless, they were effortlessly. Yeah, you blinked and you were like, "Oh my god, are they going to score too fast?" <laughs> I was literally like, "Oh, yeah. they, you know, they moved because because you know, there's still there's two minutes. They're first, yeah, you know, first and goal. They have two twenty two left, and they have moved effortlessly to the eight yard line. You figure they score here, and they like you said, coin flip on the two point conversion. But assuming they get it, then this is you know this is potentially." 31-31, we're probably going to OT. Well, no, and I, I considered Tom Brady with a minute and a half, two minutes left. I consider that a coin flip, him sure. getting in a field goal range or not. So Green Bay, like Green Bay was in a tough spot no matter what. Obviously, yeah, uh, duh, no shit, Andy. They were down eight to Tom Brady. And, you know, but getting the two-point conversion, getting a defense who had struggled at times outside of, like, the best plays the defense have were Tom Brady overthrowing people. The defense, yeah. I mean, on all those drives, they moved it a little, and then he threw a pick. So relying on the defense to keep him out of the out of field goal range was going to be tricky. And then obviously overtime is essentially a coin flip, especially in a close to the line game. So they were in a tough spot. But I thought we would see, you know, there uh, an important third down that they needed to convert to get into field goal range, or at least maybe a stop, and you know, maybe Green Bay gets a shot if they get a three and out. You know, they're taking a timeout on second down if it was some sort of run or a short catch. Green Bay's thinking maybe getting the ball back, hucking one down and getting a field goal. Like I, I never I never really pictured kicking the field goal there. And I get I get what some of the what some of the risk models say, but it really broke my brain when they did it. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. I couldn't I thought I thought I literally thought what kind of trick play are they running here? Because why is the field goal unit coming <laughs> yeah. out, right? Um, okay. So at 202, 205, I guess, is when they kicked. So if you run a play there, you're probably eating up all the time up to the two-minute warning. Yep. 
And so if you don't get it and you eat up that time and you lose this ability to stop the clock with the two minute warning, that puts that much more pressure on you. You only have, you only, you only have one opportunity to stop the first down. You don't have two, right? Yeah. So that's part of the math for sure. Um, yeah. In hindsight, I'm, I'm more okay with it. I still think with Aaron Rodgers on the field, uh, there's a big difference with Aaron Rodgers on the field and maybe another quarterback. And also I would, I would have probably called second and third down a little differently too. I would have as well. And, yeah. but I guess the the broader point here is you've, the, you had two oh, in the game, you had two possessions inside the 10 where your play calling was uninspired. And yeah, there was a, there was one good play call and Devonte Adams dropped. There was another yeah. good play call and Aaron Rodgers missed the wide open guy for the touchdown. Um, you know, there was, but in, in that specific sequence, didn't love the decision-making from the play calling standpoint agreed. Um, but on fourth down, I think it's inexcusable to kick personally, like the, like, like, like on fourth down there, there is a very real possibility that that is your last offensive play of the game. Yeah. I mean, it, it felt like the Browns, like, oh, this is the last time you're going to see the ball last week. And it was. Yeah. And it was the very real possibility that that is your last offensive play of the game. And if that is, and you choose a decision where you cannot tie it, right? You cannot tie it if you go out there and kick that field goal. You yeah. know, you, you specifically made a decision that took the possibility of tying the game with what would potentially be your last offensive play off the board. And that's, it, that's, that's where I, that's where I completely lose anyone who's running any sort of math based probability model on this. You specifically took yeah. any app. You, you took a, a lot of avenues, a lot of paths to victory. You took them off the table. Even, even if, you know, overtime is often overrated by people in their minds. Because overtime is not a win. Overtime is a stay of execution for half the teams in the league. Like you still lose, essentially you lose half the time in overtime. But it's better than not getting the ball ever again. Yeah. Usually. Like overtime, you know, it is overrated. And people overrate the, you know, the opportunity to tie a game. But at the same time, it's still as overrated as it is it should be rated higher than never touching the ball again and losing by five and relying on a defense that showed that they weren't. And not yeah. only that, but I, I'm not sure if anybody was really out, out, but man, there was a lot of plays and I just didn't track this enough because I was doing other things, but there seemed like there was a lot of stoppages for banged up like, Oh, and green Bay has an injured player on the field. Like yeah. I don't know enough of their defensive players to really say if anyone important was uh, out at that point, but they had a lot of banged up guys. I I would have been. I mean, it's just if you want to really oversimplify this, I'd rather rely on Aaron Rodgers in one play than the defense in three. Yes, especially the defense, considering how they were playing on that day. Yeah, and then yes, the the pass interference call was. I mean, it was. It was, it was a penalty. It but was it a was penalty. They hadn't bad. really called all day. That's what that's what kind yeah. of stung if you yeah. had that side like, like, Oh, now we're oh, now we're calling well, now we're doing that in in a really big you know a pretty big moment. So that was kind of rough to see that, and especially how late it came out. I 
I think some people will probably throw some couch pillows and stuff. Okay, so la last one, last little wrinkle on the decision to kick the field goal. As a green, as a, excuse me, as a Tampa Bay second half plus seven better, you were nine out of ten, ten out of ten excited when the field goal was kicked. Like that yeah, was, if, if that's, like, yeah, like, that's like, it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was. Uh, so from the standpoint of was this the right thing to do or not, I was obviously I was a lot more concerned about them going for it than I was kicking the field goal. And I, you know, some of that is just the way that the points break down. But um, all right, well, and there, there's arguments too about you know the, the main people are saying um, not only not arguing right decision, wrong decision, but you know they're saying hey. You know Matthew David. I'll just say his name. Your model had him at twenty five percent chance to win the game at that point, and it went it went from twenty seven to twenty five or whatever it was. And and people are saying, well, I mean, just look at the betting market. I mean, they take the vague out of the betting market, and it's these numbers aren't crazy. The betting market was had Green Bay above twenty percent to win the game at that point. Uh, was it? And somebody, somebody, and Seth Byrne just tweeted this. Pinnacle was dealing plus three nineteen during the commercial break. I was looking for that. Okay. Wow, they were. Yeah, I mean that—that's how much faith they had in essentially Green Bay probably going for it. I think I would think kicking the if they if if you're a trader at Pinnacle and you know the field goal unit is going to trot out, I'm not. I'm. I'm I'll give you four hundred. I'll give you 450. You know, I'm I'm dropping at 10%. It seems like I I'm I'm not a trader, but I would think that'd be a little high if they knew they weren't going for it on fourth. So hmm. yeah, um, and then I think we'll touch on this a little more Wednesday, but it's uh it didn't seem like it seemed like the media made a little too much of it. I mean, he just got his heart broken in another NFC title game, so it's rough. It's rough to have to do those press conferences. You feel for those coaches and quarterbacks that have to go meet the media after. I mean, essentially, imagine the worst day you've ever had at your job, and then you have to go like talk to the press about it. <laughs> I hopefully I never have to do that. Jesus, yeah. I can't think of what, I, okay. what kind of trouble I'd get into. But I, I don't want to read too much into that. I don't think it's crazy though. I mean, this was this was a no, bad loss. This was a bad he loss. Didn't, he didn't feel like he was very happy with the floor at that moment. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers came back from a an eighteen point deficit, closed it to a one score game, had a coach that didn't have the confidence to go for it on fourth and goal. It's yeah, it it uh, you know you got three interceptions in the second half. To help you come back, and you can't get it done. Um, oh, it, overall, it was a, a very, very disappointing performance for Green Bay. I would, uh, I would agree. Tampa Bay gets through, but uh, it felt a little gifted, even though they made the right plays in the first half to get themselves there. So, uh, twenty-one points in the first half. They got ten in the second half and still managed to hold on and win. Uh, I noticed you see Ben tweeted that, or Ben sees sports our guy in the chat. Brady's uh, passing yards prop was 287 and a half, yep. and he had 200 at halftime, and it stayed under. Wow. He'd had that. He missed it by like four yards, whatever number he had, because he's like feeling pretty good about this, and then it didn't hit. So, yeah. Props, yeah. props are tough, man. I mean, and, props, and, props are a volume play. Like, I if, guess, if you jump into one or two games and play some props and you do bad, 
it, it's it's a volume thing. Those are, it's just like any sort of betting. You need to really to get some sharp models and bet a lot of them. The people I see doing well at props play a ton of props. Yeah. What do you make of, um, of Tom Brady's performance overall? Obviously he was great even, in high leverage moments in the first half. Great. Yeah. Um, and then in the second half, do you want to hang some of the interceptions on his head directly? The receivers kind of, there was some tipped balls. There was some. Uh, the, the, the second one for sure. I believe it was the second one. The one he airmailed to, like Mike Evans is tall, but he's yeah. not that tall. Nobody's right. catching that. You, Brady, you can see his language. He knew it was getting picked the minute he threw right. it. Yeah. Those are the most dangerous ones. They go, the ones that you throw high across the field at that like 10 to 15 range, there's always a safety back there just waiting to catch it like a punt. Like the when, when you saw that go off his hands, you instantly, your head flickered and like there's got to be a Packer there. And he, I mean, it was a very easy pick. That was on him. Yeah. The, the tipped ones, you can't, you can't blame a quarterback for them. But again, that's, it's, it's a team sport and things happen. I mean, he had that work to his advantage the week before. Not all of Breeze's picks were his fault. So, okay. And again, they won by 10 points there. They they were the beneficiary of some of those tip balls. Okay. All right. No, we agree. Um, overall, Brady gets a B <laughs> for winning yeah, a yeah, title I, game on the road as a dog. That, that's the thing. Like, third, you know, he had the overthrow, a few bad moments like that, but third he straight week clutch, on the road. He made every clutch pass he needed to make. Yeah, he he made the big touchdown passes. He made the third down passes. He played on the road for the third straight week as a 49-year-old man, you know, just high on vitamin B in life. Uh, He played very well. Yeah, okay. Nightcap. Um... Didn't watch this one. (laughs) I'll have you catch me up. So uh, when the Chiefs are... in a high leverage game and they are down two scores. What is the move? Just keep, just keep betting it <laughs> until it fails. Like we did this, we did this all through the playoffs last year. I, I almost felt like I was going to get caught with my pants down. Like this is the yep. one time it's not going to go. But I'm just like, no, it, I, it I, I thought about it too. I'm like, well, and we argued, what's the play here? The chiefs for the over. And I'm like, should I bet both? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, the over was ended up getting kind of close. Um, it did. It got a little tight. Needed needed some late garbage time scoring there to get that over. Uh, okay. The opening, I don't really know what to make of. You know, the Bills had some lucky breaks in the early going. Uh, a, a nice stop, a nice turn, a, a punt. You know, the punt, muffed punt. Uh, they were given some early breaks, and they weren't really able to take advantage of it. Uh, when you have, you know what four of the first five drives or something crazy like that uh and you only score 10 points or nine points you know yeah and you know Allen probably should have gotten picked on the first drive they got the field yes. goal um and he had, you know, I mean, he had two drop picks essentially during the game yeah. they were given the lucky like i'm not so sure this game was as close as it even showed on the scoreboard i don't they, think there was, yeah there there was some luck on their end, not only with the turnover, but the drop picks. One of them was, I don't know, he was probably at his like 20 or 30. I mean, that would have been a bad one. You know, eventually they did, they did turn the ball over, kind of even that up, but some of those drives didn't look great. Um, Diggs really didn't come through. I mean, his, his stat line looks a little better, but I mean, I think half his yardage was on one catch on like the 
the final drive that didn't really mean anything anyway. Yeah, Diggs had six for 77. He had that, and he I think it was a 34-yarder on that like lat, late drive. Yep, that sounds so, correct. I mean, uh, Beasley, Beasley was your, your leading receiver unless you pick out uh, Hill or Kelsey, which oh, they play for the wrong team. Jesus, Kelsey had 118, and he was still 60 yards behind Hill. Amazing. Kelsey well, Hill had thirteen had a catches. Yard. Hill had that yeah. seventy-one yard break. I forgot. I, I forgot that was a catch. I keep thinking that was a rush because yeah. he had the ball in his hands for so long. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. So when you're Buffalo and you don't take advantage early, um, you know you're in trouble. You're a sitting duck. You've just activated God Mode Mahomes, uh, who's now playing from a disadvantage, and um, they had virtually nothing on defense, the Bills, that is. They had nothing on defense to answer what the Chiefs had intended to do that day, <laughs> right? I mean, it it was effortless, it seemed, at times for Kansas City to move the ball 50 yards at a time. Uh, the typical Kansas City kind of losing a little steam in the red zone didn't manifest at all. Uh, Kansas City scored on second and three from the three. Uh, with a nice pass, they scored on first and six from the six uh, with a nice rush, and they scored on first and one from the one with a nice rush, all in the second quarter. So, so much for that Kansas City red zone struggles narrative that went right out the window real quick. Should we, should we count the <laughs> narratives that went out the window uh, starting sure. starting starting at like week thirteen, twelve, wherever, where it was they can't cover a game, the good plays aren't there anymore. Mahomes doesn't look as good this year. The red zone stuff has struggled. Um, we even had a few weeks there, and these aren't these aren't like me ragging on other people. I was behind some of these too. There were moments where Mahomes looked pretty bad, and all of a sudden he started throwing, you know, bad interceptable passes. Not only you know bad spots, but like I mean, in the red zone he had some turnovers and near turnovers. Uh, we were worried that they were just you know a team that wasn't pop properly motivated that came up a lot like yeah. ah they just won a super bowl it's a bunch of young guys like all these all this stuff and then even you know the brown team was weird because well, we had a we, bunch and of and we knew that was what we circled and said that's where they're going to be vulnerable if they are yeah coming off the essentially a double buy rust rust isn't real but i mean motivation is sometimes a tricky beast especially when you've been to the mountaintop you've gotten the trophy there's not that us us against you know we didn't quite do it last year we hosted and we got beat by the patriots you know you you didn't have that that added like chip on your shoulder as good as they were in 2018 you still had a little you know we we could taste it we weren't quite there now it's like oh we already did this we've been on this ride we want to wait in line again but christ they looked they looked ready to go kelsey is passing gronk in my mind as far as a career Wow, Probably. really? Yeah, I mean, he passed him already. Wow, I think so. Kelsey, Gronk, Gronk's been hurt more. They and they're both they're both the kind of guys who get banged up just because of the position they play. But the, some of the games he's put together, Gronk in the red zone is still a god. Like if you give me one, or, if you give me prime Gronk and prime uh, Kelsey at like fourth and fifteen from the fifteen, like, I probably yeah. still take prime Gronk. He just does that thing where. Like nobody can cover him and they all know it's going to him and he still catches it right up the seam. Yeah. Okay. Um Kelsey, yeah, Kelsey went God mode, reeks crazy fast. Mahomes didn't look hampered but hampered by the foot injury. 
I mean, somebody I saw a comment said like, "Oh, it was I terrible that the league let him play." He didn't rush a lot, and I think that was probably by design. But at the same time, he didn't look hampered when he scrambled. He looked fine in that. In that, you just I'm mean fine. Moving, operating in the pocket and breaking operating the in the pocket. Yeah, we didn't have to see him sprinting a lot, which is I thought I was worried about that because we saw that before he got knocked out of the Browns game. Even, even you know, just operating within the confines of the pocket, he looked a little wobbly on that. You know, like you could tell that foot he was favoring it a little. So I think that's fine. Give that two more weeks. You're cool. I saw an asinine comment about how, you know, the league let him play and they, they shouldn't have let him play. And he definitely was still concussed. I'm like, I don't know. What? He, he seemed pretty, he seemed pretty with it. Like yeah. I didn't. Especially, and then he gave a speech. I mean, he, he was not concussed anymore. Not that I'm a neurologist, but I, I think I think they cleared him and he was fine because he never really was concussed. He just got choked out. Yeah. Um, they showed us. Can we be a little? Yeah. Uh, can we be a little critical of Sean McDermott? Yes. I mean, Can't everything we said about Lafleur, McDermott did it three times. You, I think you. Somebody made the brilliant comment on the halftime scope last night. Uh, they brought field goals to a touchdown fight. Um, yeah, you can't bring field goals to a touchdown fight. Um, McDermott really did not seem to understand the high leverage moments in that game very well at all. Uh, making a two score game a two score game to end the half and on twice. the two yard line. Uh, he did that twice. Yeah, he went from twelve um, to nine twice. Yeah, incredulous with that. Twelve um, to nine twice. Um, and honestly, there's so much film. There's so much film from the last three years on this team and this offense, and what happens to teams that settle for field goals in the red zone. You, you want if you're down there twice, you take the seven. Seven once is still better than three twice. Great point. That's a great point. That's um, seven guaranteed. You the. Yeah, and you know, once once the you know once the Chiefs kind of found their legs in the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, you knew it was game over. Buffalo's defense had no answer. Um, Buffalo's offense, uh, they didn't really. I mean, m m you know, Josh Allen looked a little out of sorts. Uh, I guess Cole Beasley is worth mentioning as a positive. Um, guy played on a broken fibula since week sixteen, <laughs> and looked dynamic out there. He was excellent. Um, so congratulations. You, you got a real, you've got a, uh, like a, you've got a good guy there in Cole Beasley. Um, I thought, I thought the he Kansas City it. defense, I guess, does Kansas City defense get any credit for yes. making Buffalo look bad? Cause this is a Buffalo offense that was scoring 30 and 40 points at will and they could only get to 24 here. No, for sure they get credit. I'm not sure how much credit and really like the last nine points weren't. You know that I don't want to say they're all garbage points because it's still you should try to stop them and just end the game. But I mean, the field goal was just kind of a tack on thing to get it within two scores, and the touchdown was against a soft defense. So I mean, only giving up twelve, and really, uh, how much can you really rag on them for that first touchdown? Again, they they were yeah. given the ball yeah. first and goal inside the five, yeah. you know, and then the, to hold them to two field goals outside of that in the first half. I thought that was a very admirable job. They had, I'm going to look this up right now. It felt like at least four. They had four sacks for 53 yards. 
Wow. Joshy, Joshy was playing that game yeah. where he does he does the stumble back and stumble back and try to run around. And then if they finally get you, it's a 20 yard sack. He did that a couple of times. So some of those some of those sacks came at pretty key moments. I mean, that's when you take a 15, 20 yard sack, that's a drive ender for most, you know, most yes. of the time. So yeah. those those were really big. The interception was, you know. Useful. That was pretty much ice it. Yeah, I mean that, that, that essentially iced the game. So I, you know, yeah, the defense played very good for it. You know, a defense that we've been down on during the season. Um, hysterical final moments of this game. What? So uh, let's just Stephon recap. Diggs trying to thing. fight everybody. Uh, yeah, that uh, I was. I was thinking more. Um, the <laughs> play that preceded their field goal attempt. Twenty minutes uh, discussion. Yeah. Okay, and let's talk about what was at stake there. So if the Buffalo Bills get a touchdown on that drive, that is a game changer for teasers. Is that right? They ended up losing by 14. So if they had gotten an extra four points, they would have lost by 10. Lose the teaser leg. Didn't get out to 10, though. So, no, it wouldn't have changed teasers. Did change the second half. The second half went over. Would they have gone for two? Uh, oh yeah, they probably would have. Yeah. So maybe it would have, maybe it would have swung teasers for them. Um, but either way, they more points. either way, yeah. We we had the under 27 and a half for the second half. That was looking good for a while. It was looking great, and then it wasn't. Um that the fact that they kicked the field goal only could have happened if they had lost so many yards on that third down that the fourth was impossible to make get. And so they yeah. just kicked the field goal. I, it was it was like the exact perfect storm of where they ended up on the field at the time to go for that kick to take it over the second half I total. I mean, he drilled it too. He drilled it, yeah. And uh the only the only um positive part of it was uh it kept the maximum uh the maximum margin of victory against the Ravens alive. <laughs> we now have a three-way split uh in that pot with the 14-point loss. Uh, if the Bills had lost this game by 17, if that field goal is missed, or if they go for it on fourth and goal and don't get it, then Bills lose by the largest margin, and uh, they take that four percent of the Calcutta. But not to not not to be that that is still alive. Uh, so we'll be cheering for uh, whoever wins the Super Bowl to do so by fewer than 14 points. Yes. Um, and then uh, that that'll be nice. That'll be a nice little bonus there. Uh, yeah, who, who has the two teams in the Super Bowl in the Calcutta? Who are, cheetah. Who's against, who's against who? It's Cheetah versus Cheetah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Chiefs. Uh, his Chiefs, I think they needed the Chiefs to get here to be net positive on the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, the Bucks have just been the runaway smash of the whole Calcutta experience. They got them early in that. They got them early because I think there was a second team that went off the board yeah, and it was a little under bid. Yeah. It was the second and third team off the board. It was a little under bid at the time. By the time all the dust settles, it was you got low clearly, you got was clearly a three positive. wins now. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were the, yeah, the lowest seed in the final four. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was a lot of, uh, and honestly, they probably should have got, and they probably should have beaten green Bay by more, in which case they would have been, uh, yeah biggest win against the spread um but it is what it is that was a, that was the little additional side pot stuff on that has been a lot of fun um but congratulations to sports cheetah and jeff ma for uh, making two very strong plays two strong bids and getting the final two teams um any other final thoughts on the buffalo Bills season the kansas city chiefs in that game um 
Yeah. I mean, more of a discussion for Wednesday. I guess any, in hindsight, uh, any, was there an actionable angle on the fact that the Chiefs were more experienced in that moment and played a little cooler, calm, collected, and the Bills were a little. I I brought it up last week and I felt silly bringing it up because it felt like a real several blocks down narrative street. Sure. But the Josh Allen in a huge moment. I mean, he did make the playoffs last year, took a decent sized lead in the playoffs, lost the game. Yep. And you know, so we got rid of the debutante status. He made it to the second season with an even better team. They added Stefan Diggs. He's been avoiding the blow up plays, the horrible mistakes. They got a nice win over Indy. They got a nice win over a nicer win over Baltimore. And it felt like maybe that was he wouldn't be jittery, but it felt like maybe the moment was too big because it, it that's a massive moment to go to the champs house in the AFC title game at your age. And granted, yes, it's it's Patrick Mahomes is also very young. You'll hear about that a lot this week. But I mean, he's he's it's his third straight AFC title game. He's won a Super Bowl. You know, he's he's had multiple three or four win seasons in the Big Twelve. He's been he's done it all already. It's wild how much he's done in his like he could not do anything the rest of his career. Just win the division a couple more times, never go back to the Super Bowl. And it's like fuck, he had a really good career. More Super Bowl. I mean, it just sometimes it's where you land. I mean, he Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl. It took Elway till he was like 37, man. I mean, Favre has won. It was it's crazy how it just sometimes right place, right time. Aaron Rodgers has been to one. Aaron Rodgers has only been to one. Yeah, it's 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 really something, you know, he's lucky for everyone involved. It's they've done the right thing. I think there's a lot of similarities between Kansas City and Buffalo and Cleveland as far as how they're building the teams, doing it the right way. It's just Kansas City had a head start and they have yeah. a better quarterback than you. So you've got a couple they have of year a better head start. Quarterback than everyone. Yeah, they have a better quarterback than everyone. And they got a two-year, two or three-year head start on this. And truthfully, Andy Reid was doing this stuff with Alex Smith. And he had an eleven-win season with Alex Smith a few years back. They won the division a few times with a much lesser team. They have a better coach. They have a head start and a way better quarterback. So uh, it's going to take it's going to take something for these other teams to get over the hump. But you know, it's I think we're going to be entertained for years to come with the the four young quarterbacks that we saw in the the AFC divisional round there and Lamar Baker, Patty and Josh, hopefully, you know, hopefully we get a couple more here coming up and we can have some, some really good playoff matches in the AFC. NFC, the NFC has a lot of old quarterbacks. Yeah. They got some young guys too. Um, But you're right. For now they have them. They're going to all retire. Um, All right. I think that's fair coverage of looking back, reflecting now looking forward uh, a couple of important injuries here. Eric Fisher, done with an Achilles for the Chiefs. Um, yeah, that's big, especially with the offensive line. Is big. Schwartz, Schwartz, and Fisher now. Mm-hmm. We don't think Schwartz comes back, even with the two week to to get Maybe. ready. Maybe I haven't checked into that, but I I'm not. I didn't think it was hopeful. That would be big. Get one of them back. I mean, they say Fisher's done. He ripped an Achilles up. That's yeah, Fisher's for sure. Done, but but Schwartz, Schwartz, Schwartzy, he may come back. Um, I don't know that I'm going to bank on it. We think Mahomes will be fully healthy. Um, Mahomes' weapons, 
Tyrese, you know, Kelsey's still absolutely just no way to match up with him. Tyree Kill, not going to be easy for Tampa Bay to match up with. Um, Chance that Sammy Watkins playing, so that yeah. would be something. But yeah, and here's a couple things. I mean, Reed said likely Schwartz. It's not likely Schwartz is back. Okay. So that, that sucks. You're missing two offensive linemen, but if basically if Patrick, Kelsey, Hilaire, and, and Reek are all healthy, you're in pretty good shape either way. Okay. And it depends. They do have a pretty legit set of defensive ends coming at them in Tampa Bay, especially with the resurgence. They've played well. JPP has had a good year for a washed up old man. Yes, one hundred percent. They've they've had good luck with their pass rush. It's a it's a better pass rush than they faced against some other teams they've played this year. So you know what they do, you know what they do a lot though. Just let them go around and watch Patrick step up and kill him. You know, you know what else they do a lot in Tampa Bay is blitz. Yeah. You know who handles really, that really, really well really, is Pat Mahomes. He doesn't handle it well. He ruins embarrasses it. you. Yeah, he yeah, embarrasses it's a bad, you. Like, it's a bad idea to blitz him. It's not like, oh, hopefully this works one day. No, it's it's a horrible decision to blitz him most of the time. It okay. usually ends up a gainer. Uh, and the... I do believe Winfield should be okay for that. I mean, he was out there. He was out there warming up, doing drills, and they said, your ankle just isn't ready. So uh, give him two weeks, I would think. Even if it's a high ankle, if he was close to playing on Sunday, he should be playing two Sundays. Okay. Um, Okay. That makes sense. I think. So um, what did you think of the market? We saw a number hung before the games were played that was Kansas City minus three minus 106 over under 55 and a half bookmakers were taking 2k on a side and 1k at a, on a total at that time and not a lot of action in fact it seemed like yep you put up pretty decent numbers uh, they open up in general Fair, was is it was open up to flat three pretty much everywhere, yeah. and it didn't really move. No, it's it's fine. They're fine. The totals we said there was one that had a weird high total, and we said if if that's what they're gonna do, that's gonna get bet down, and the total yeah. had yeah. been bet down. So I mean, anybody who opened like fifty seven, fifty seven and a half, that got bet down. We're seeing fifty six. It's probably these are kind of boring markets. Not only is are we 20 weeks deep in price discovery? But they're very good at setting these and and they're they're not great, at, you know, they're taking enough money usually on both sides where they're not too worried about coming on or off a number. They can sit here and take this all day. And and some books, not every book, you know, I've I've actually seen some bookmakers discuss this. Some books will just say, well, we're fine not adjusting because of where our future book sits as far as the liability on either side. And some will factor that into the line. But at the same time, you can't factor it too much because if you're off market, you're going to get hit by somebody else. So usually there's a pretty heavy market consensus. These don't move a lot. And unless there's some weird injury, I don't I don't see this doing much for two weeks. That's why what, I got invented shops. What do you think about the fact that uh, a place like Chris is asking you to lay minus 125 if you want to back the Chiefs at three? Well, don't do that. 
Like, I'm, I, yeah, ba- Chris is basically telling you it's three and a half if, almost. If you want to bet Kansas City, go do it other, somewhere else. Yeah, that's, that's a I good. That. That's way. Yeah, that. that's a good point. You see that sometimes where it's like we're not going to move the number, but we're going to index this until you just stop betting it. Or like, if you want to bet it, we're going to make you pay. Like you're you're not going to get you're not going to get away on the cheap here. So yeah, if you want to bet Kansas City, there's, and I, you know I shouldn't say everybody has the same number, and you shouldn't shop around because there's definitely some some good value if you do shop around and find something with a, a lot less juice. I bet if you looked around at the market, you could find something where you could probably find an off market three flat. So um, you you won't find Kansas City as a dog. No. Remember that tweet? <laughs> no. Yes, I do. Yes, that was not correct. Uh, the Tamp, I guess. So, so for reference, it's Monday. It's two weeks away. Chris is writing two k twenty five k already on these markets, which is pretty amazing. Um, the totals market, they are not writing as much. Well, they never do. But uh, give me. Give me a, give me a number here, guys. What are we doing here? Oh, they're not hey, even going to tell me. Um, bet online is at three and a half. And actually, Chris, if you wanted to bet Tampa Bay at three and a half, you can do it for minus one fourteen. Do you think they are just going to consistently write minus one fourteen plus three and a half and minus three minus one twenty fives all week? Probably. They're just going to they're just going to write big ass juice on these boats sides all week. They'd be fine. I'm sure they'd be fine with that. And hope that Kansas can, City wins by three. Or hope yeah, if they, they can have a big hold, if they have a big hold and Kansas City wins by three, they'll be feeling fine. And again, you don't know what their you don't know what their uh, future books look like. Like there there could be some big liability on really on both sides. You know, Kansas City wasn't a big number, but I'm sure plenty of people bet them. And I don't think the limits are high enough to say that there's truly big liability either way in the futures. Well, I would, I I would think the, the other side is where I'm thinking. Just because they were such a big number preseason, if they took a couple of decent sized bets where it's, you know, a factor of, you know, this bet wins like three max bets at our book. Yeah. Like that's not fun. Yeah. So maybe I don't think you could probably have a big liability on Kansas City unless people kept parlaying it with stuff or just continued putting it in or you know, the books that do let you parlay futures. So it would be tough based on their low price, but there could be a liability on Tampa. Actually, yeah, no, I guess the way that bookmaker is stacked up, they're at risk if Casey wins by three. So they're going to write a lot of Tampa Bay three and a halfs, and they would push all of those threes for KC. They're, I mean, they're not gonna. They're gonna. I don't think anyone's writing two and a halfs for minus one forty-seven. That's crazy. Kansas City's money line minus one seventy-three seem fair to you? Sounds a little. That's high. Like an ask. Yeah, it's a heavy ask. Um, but, because the, but they're Bookmaker they're not gonna write for me. What's that? Bookmaker just crashed for me. Yeah, it's not. That's no, strug it's uh it's struggling struggling right now. I don't know why. Um all right. So we don't expect a ton of market action here either way. Just find shop around, find the best price. Well, this is this is the most fun week of realizing just how big this market is. You'll see tweets out somebody just put a million dollars on the Chiefs minus three, and the the market doesn't 
doesn't blip. I mean, there's no reaction. These aren't things, you know, not only because it's probably not sharp money and it's just somebody with a lot of money. The fact is it's not a, it's a drop in the bucket for the the grand scheme of how big these are, how big this market will get. Okay. So, um, so you haven't made a bet, I'm guessing. I probably won't. I probably won't bet the cider total. I, if this total continues to tick down, I will try to find the bottom of this total. If it's gonna, if if money keeps coming in, I can see the total moving still, but I, I wonder if some of these under bets. I don't want to say head fakes, but if this total moves enough, there'll be people that'll buy back, and it's hard to find a middle up up there in the fifties. But if they can give a decent enough spread, some people might try that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna wait and see see how low the total goes and see where I can do with that. But for now, I'll be adding nothing nothing for me. There's so many props and other angles to look at. Like we talk about this on like a Saturday of college basketball when there's 150 games and sometimes some things slip through the cracks. Or if you're betting, you know, any derivatives, they're not worried about you know, keeping those lines as sharp because their limits are lower. It's the same thing when they put out 10,000 Super Bowl props. There's going to be some bad numbers on some of those. There's going to be some silly lines. You see it every year. There's going to be somebody that's going to figure out the the pledge of the pledge of allegiance, the star spangled banner time. And you watch, I bet on the pledge of allegiance at the inauguration. Did you? <laughs> yeah, I lost, <laughs> but I got, I cashed, I cashed on Biden kissing his wife at plus three fifty. Oh, good. Good job. Thank you, Jill. Anyway, but you know, and you'll see that move like 10 seconds in a couple hours when the info. When that, yeah. When the, when the info leaks yeah and that's the thing. Like if you want to take the bucks, I don't, I don't hate taking a straight up money line. Now, I mean, it, it'll lose, but you'll feel better about it. You won't pay Jews. Kansas City, so you, so Kansas City minus three is a fair number, in your opinion. I think so. Hmm. I, it's not the number my, it's not the number my my uh, power numbers are going to come up with, but I think it's a fair number. Hmm. Um, last point. And I think the answer is no, because I think only rich people are going to the Super Bowl. I don't know if there's a big home field advantage that people like, oh, it's the first home Super Bowl. There's no home field advantage. This isn't going to be 20,000 crazed Bucks fans. These are people that get their tickets from players, from coaches. You, As a player or a coach, you get an, a certain amount of tickets to give away. I don't know if that's been dropped because of where we're at this season. I mean, the, the cost of what it takes to get a Super Bowl ticket I can't imagine how much higher it's going to be because they're going to let fewer fans in. Like the demand, the demand will be the same and the the supply is getting cut in a third, if not a quarter. So it's not going to be like Tampa has this wild raucous crowd at home. It's going to be people who can afford to pay $80,000 to sit in the upper deck. I don't disagree. Um, and the fact that you got two weeks to travel, like, yes, it's nice not to travel, but I mean, they're going to be down there, you know, a week ahead almost and doing the whole circus with the media. I think both teams hate that shit doing the, you know, the media row stuff. So I, I'm not building in any home field. That's for sure. Um, this is Bruce Arians for a Super Bowl. As a, as a head coach. coach. Yes. He was assistant coach at two Steelers yep. Super Bowls, right? Mm-hmm. I think yeah, I think both their win or one of the win and then the 
the one they lost. I'm not sure, but either way, he's been he's been in the Super Bowl as an assistant coach, but his first as a head coach. It's funny we said he's the worst coach left two weeks ago, and now he's one of the. And I think you could have argued the best coach left is also in the running here. So it's if the game comes down to a couple bad coaching decisions, I don't think it'll be on the Kool Aid man. I don't either. And I would also say that the way that Tampa Bay got here beating Green Bay was not good for them because they weren't really um, – they didn't have to face consequences of the minus EV rushing on early downs. So they're not going to learn that. They're not going to have learned any lesson at all. And they're still going to trot out, run on first and second down with, you know, playoff winning. This is, this is something too. Um, I, that's wild to me. That's really surprising to they me. They should not open it that way. Um, there's somebody, uh, second, second half highest scoring. That's even if, even if you don't put a lot down on that, that's a fun one to cheer for because you know, essentially you get to, you get to know what the second half total is for you after we get to halftime, because if there's a low scoring first half, like, uh, the Patriots Rams one, this was great. Cause the first, what was the halftime total? I think it was three nothing. Yeah, Yeah. I believe it was. See, if you bet that you're essentially, you're sitting on over, three and a half second half. And then everybody just took, you know, if you had that, you could take the second half under for a big middle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, those, those do usually, if not cash have a damn good chance. So, um, narratives that you're going to hear recycled a lot this week, Tom Brady, not scoring in the first quarter of super bowls, 10 super bowls, never scoring in them. Can't (laughs) score in the first quarter. 10 fucking 18 percent of all super bowls have had one thomas i don't know his middle name so i'm gonna go with robinette that's (laughs) brady edward (laughs) edward thomas edward that's a strong name god yeah Yeah. he's a dreamboat yeah Uh, yeah, that one um you know how hard uh, how hard it is to repeat it's been since the you know the Patriots of you know like fifteen years ago since someone repeated, yeah. you know teams that teams that have to get back and lose. Um, the fact that the home they, they're going to pound this was the first home Super Bowl for anybody and how that'll affect them that won't mean shit. But that one, um, Tom Tom doing it at his age, uh, rookie head coach in a Super Bowl, not rookie but first head coach, first Super Bowl for. Aaron's. I'm sure that'll get mentioned. Yeah, um, going up against somebody who's coached in what three now? Uh, Andy Reid. Yeah, he lost with the Eagles. He won with the Chiefs. This is his third head coach Super Bowl opportunity. Uh, Aiden brings up a funny point. Uh, thoughts on the Bucks op- opting to receive the first half kick recently? Yeah, the um, ball first Bruce was a thing for a long time. Bruce Arians, yeah. you know, he likes he he likes to put things in his hands. Honestly. Um, you know, that I would question. Yeah, apparently Green Bay deferred. I was incorrect about that early on. Somebody corrected me. Green Bay deferred the, after winning the coin toss. Uh, so they elected to put their defense out there on the field and get embarrassed uh, on that first drive of the game. Um, narrative we won't hear. Uh, the MVP has never won the Super Bowl. That continues into yes. perpetuity because Aaron Rodgers was not even going to be in the Super Bowl, let alone win. Um the, I guess the oh uh, you know you know the the one that will suck you know what who sucks for this sucks so bad for State Farm can you imagine getting Rogers and Mahomes 
Or is it farmers? Ooh, am I saying the wrong? State Farm, yeah. Discount State double. Farm. Discount double check. But like when you're watching these games and you see that commercial like a million times, my God, they had to be creaming their pants that they could have got they <laughs> both of their guys into the Super Bowl. I bet they had I bet they have some some commercials ready for that. That they um, had to scrap. Those are going to those are going to some faraway country like the you know the Buffalo Bills AFC championship touch or t-shirts t-shirts uh another interesting wrinkle that is probably going to be brought up a lot um tom brady versus pat mahomes some of the past head-to-heads a lot of a lot of fucking points a lot of points (laughs) a lot of points uh i think they're one head-to-head the you know the this is a rematch of a 27 24 win by the chiefs in week 12 uh that one went under i watched Uh, and in fact i watched the 20 what was the 18, what did the market do in that one i don't i have oh, i can't remember the oh, sorry, yeah, go ahead you watched the 2018 uh, I, watched, I, just, game? I just watched the 2018 title game with the I'm, i was joking with you i was dming you i'm like oh man i think they left too much time here <laughs> in the overtime it's like god this was such a good game we've had some good between that um you know going down was it was it yeah the Titans game where they were down again? Oh, we're down to the Titans, and they come back and blow them out. Um, the God, who was it? The Jaguars screwing it up a couple years ago. You felt like, oh my God, Blake Bortles was going to the Super Bowl. What are we doing? What is life? And then they yeah. screwed it up. Like there's been some really good AFC title games. So and this one, I mean, it was fun because I won my bets. So I don't care if it was blowout. Um, yeah, no. So the, just real quick, the, uh, Sunday, November 29th meeting between these two teams, um, opened at KC minus three off of the opening number. There was a flurry of Tampa Bay action that pushed this down to KC minus two and a half. Eventually the betting market, uh, came in hot for Kansas city and pushed this up to three and a half. At which point in time, there was a lot of enthusiasm again to take Tampa Bay at plus three and a half. So the books got middled on this one the first time around with it landing on three. Um, the total in the first you know first uh, game opened at 54, off the open bet up to 56. At the close, steamed to 59. Uh, that was a big move right at the close from 56 and a half to 59. I wonder if that's a, uh, if that's a bug in my scraper. Um, we'll just say it closed to 56 and a half. I think that was pretty much market wide. Uh, and it ended with 51 points. So it went under in that particular game. Kansas city was in c- control the whole time. And honestly, it only came down to a three point game because Tampa Bay scored the last, what, 14 points. Yeah. The f- fourth quarter was Tampa Bay 14, Kansas City 0. So Chiefs were literally running out the clock. They needed to convert some first downs on the ground to put that one away. They did. Um, and they went by three. And a game that they absolutely should have covered the number. Absolutely. On the road. On the road. In Tampa. On the in road. Tampa. Yeah, this is a not little... The, this not is, the first time they've played Tampa in Tampa this not year. Not the first time. Not, not the first, first time. So. Yeah, that's funny. Honestly, yeah, if, if I bet anything here, it will be it likely will be an over. It's basically a mirror. The 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 market has settled on the closing numbers for that market almost yeah. almost immediately. Um and the only differences would be injuries and availability of some players, right? We think Anthony Brown's gonna be back in this one. Yeah. I, I think I I do think he'll play. 
I think we we need to try to use what little influence we have, um, like the people did with GameStop. Like, can we get can we get enough people fighting people on the uh, on this game to bet this total down to like fifty four? Like, should nice. we ga- we need to GameStop this thing so GameStop. we can get fifty four? Let's GameStop it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, in reality, this is going to be a good live betting opportunity. This game. Chiefs get a lead, play the under. Bucks get a lead, play the Chiefs in the over. Right? I can I can get with that. Um, yeah, I'll probably. I, I don't want to say I'll probably live bet because I will. I I will live bet. I think that's probably how we should approach our any kind of pregame action, preflop, any kind of preflop betting. Pre-flop. We should. We, it should be done in the context of a long, of a of a live trading strategy and game because there's going to be some ebbs and flows. It's a game of runs, Andy. It is a game of runs, especially when Kansas City gets down. So, yeah, I I like unless this total comes down, I likely won't have any pregame action. It'll be live betting and an s load of props, an s load of quarters um what do you want to call them the the boxes the game where you you buy a box i'll do like 10 of those i'll be in a bunch of contests like enter any contest you can find there's so much way there's so many better ways to get action in this game hey did you get any uh speaking of getting action on this game you don't and you don't you don't have anything yet nothing not even any of of those promos none of those pat mahomes at three to one to win super bowl mvp that we talked about last week no i don't think i put that in i can look i'd Okay. Like uh, those that's weren't pretty. That's looking pretty. Yeah, that, that's pretty enticing. Yeah, I guess I, I did. I did take Mahomes three to one Super Bowl MVP before last weekend's games. I have, a, I have a very small position on Kansas City to win the Super Bowl. When we did, when we oh, did, yeah. the, when we did four, the MVP bets, yeah, plus four fifty. Well, I, I, I split my money half on Mahomes to win the MVP, half on Kansas City to win the Super Bowl. So I, I have a little bit on like yeah, four and a half. If they had given away an AFC Championship game MVP award, would Mahomes have gotten it yesterday? Boy, you'd have had to think about those receivers. Tyreek had a lot of yardage. I'd have still given it to the quarterback because that's how I live. <laughs> Do you think you would have gotten it though? That's why I'm that's that's coming more what I'm asking. Because like I could see the same sort of box score, right? Mahomes 300 yards yeah. passing, you know, three touchdowns. Uh, and you know, Tyreek Hill with 11 catches for 172. Still, Kelsey, I, would give it to I guess he only had nine. He had nine for 172, and Kelsey had 13 for 118 and two touchdowns. I guess he's yeah. 13. For 118 and two touchdowns, if he does that in the Super Bowl, does that supersede whatever Mahomes is in his MVP number or his MVP possibilities? Like, do I need to go start grabbing some protection on this three to one or just let it ride? So let's say all the other touchdowns are like rushing touchdowns and Mahomes throws one pick, maybe. But if Mahomes is like four total passing touchdowns and a decent stat line, it's still hard to it's still hard to overtake a position player that's not a quarterback. And then, yeah, I mean, here's a good point by Aiden Winks again. It's hard to get Tyreek some votes, man. Yeah. I feel like people don't like him. He's not well-liked among the media establishment, that's for sure. Um, so maybe I'll just grab some Kelsey 10 to 1 or whatever, 12 to 1, whatever best price I can find. What do you think a fair <laughs> price on Kelsey is? That's that's probably fair. I don't know. The, these are hard markets because they're they're – you know, if you want, if you want to do that, why don't you just play some Kelsey pro- over props? Okay, 
because you can get both. You know, yeah. you can have a great game and you can still win your MVP. Okay, you, That's a, I like that know, strategy better. It might be a better hedge to bet some Kelsey and Reek over. But those are going to be high though. Parlay them. <laughs> Cut the juice. <laughs> um. Okay. Any? I guess. Uh. uh you're not going to. You, you haven't broken anything down in the problem market yet. I'm guessing, right? No, gosh, no. I'm. I'm I haven't really seen anything today. This afternoon's going to be for golf. Okay. And basketball. I think my only basketball game might have got corona today. So the streak lives. Okay, cool. The streak lives. All right. Yeah, Alcorn State is postponed. But yeah, I will be probably later this week into next week into this weekend. I'll be looking heavily at the prop markets. It's gonna be okay. a lot of fun. Fantastic. I'll start to formulate some theses about different types of game states. I think the prop market is gonna be a hard handicap because like I said, the game flow goes one of two ways here. And they have very divergent box scores. Yeah, you, you have to have a thesis. You have to have a thesis yeah. about the game, yeah. and you almost have to have two and and see which ones overlap. Yeah, that's that's really well said. Save that for the propcast. Save that for the propapalooza. We're never saying that word. Propapalooza no. is dead. That's that word dead. does not happen. It's dead. All right. Well, I'll catch you on Wednesday when we talk about all the other teams that aren't in the Super Bowl. Sound like fun? Thanks for joining us in the chat. Oh, yeah. Thank you, guys. As always, the comments are outstanding. We appreciate it. Matt and Hayden and Pat. Trick P. Risk it for a biscuit was live early. That guy rocks. Paul Luck corrected me. And on the point. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> <laughs>